0: Ago.
1: We are recording. Okay. Go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Can you believe it's episode 61?
0: No, I can't. I had to write it down and I still don't believe it.
1: And yet, we did 50 like forever ago.
0: We did.
1: Like in November. <laughs>
0: Too long ago, and it's taking us forever to do these ten episodes.
1: <laughs> so long,
0: it's crazy. Okay.
1: All right, I think I'm ready. Welcome to Sh. We're reading dirty books. This is Kalina, and this is Saylet. And uh, thanks for joining us. We're yeah. we're back uh, another week or two. <laughs> Does time matter anymore?
0: <laughs> no, time doesn't. I keep saying that every day is Tuesday. Every it might single be. Day. Dan will ask me what day it is, and I'm like, it's Tuesday, and it'll be, like, Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? I'm like, why are you asking me? I mean, he's still
1: going to work, right? So why does he need you to tell him what day yeah, it
0: is? you are the one with the schedule. I don't have any schedule. My phone actually tells me what time and... Well... Duh. But it tells me when I have my meetings, when I have to prep for it, when the boys have their meetings and stuff. So if my phone doesn't tell me it's Tuesday, I don't know that it's Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm
1: still going to work. I've been going to the office the whole time. So I kind of know what days it is. But now I have three solid days of nothing, my Friday through Sundays, which used Uh to be like I would do shit and I had a second job. But I did all this other stuff. And now, you know, so that's being weird. (laughs) Because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I don't have anything to do for three whole days.
0: How is this whole thing? How have you been since? Because, okay, we first started, this all started in March, and we touched on it a little bit before our last couple of recordings. But, like, how have you been? How's your psyche? Are you okay? No, I'm like, not okay. How is anyone okay? <laughs> how, is, how could anyone possibly be
1: No okay. one should be okay. I do feel, I feel very lucky because I have kept going to work. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only was my job safe, but I work in a field that became exponentially more important during this crisis, Um, keeping seniors fed and healthy and home away from where like grocery stores or anywhere where they could get COVID has become like essential. And like all of the counties, the cities are fucking calling us daily to be like, how are you going to help? How do you keep seniors at home and fed? Really? Oh, God. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> they're, throwing, they're throwing money at us to keep That's our programs going,
0: sucking awesome. which is good.
1: It is good. But it's been stressful because like in the span of, you know, a couple of weeks, we built three new programs. Wow. And from scratch, which usually it takes like a year plus to build a program. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> like we yeah. spent all of last year working on our congregate meal and getting it off the ground. And then it, of course, the second COVID outbreaks, you can't do congregate meals anymore. Right. So that right. a year long process died in a week. And then we <laughs> built three new programs <laughs> from scratch. That's and That's really them. amazing. So on the one hand, I feel very lucky because I have, have a job. It's necessity. I still am going to work. So most of my routine and my routine is like I live for plans and routines, and this has upended yeah. all of that. And so, yeah. <laughs> so most of my routine is the same, but it's psychologically fucked.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Because absolutely.
1: I mean, luckily, we're in an office building and all of the other businesses went to remote work. So we were the only people in the building. So some things felt normal, but other things felt like surreal and like we were in some kind of weird alternate zone. dimension where we're the only people working i mean there's yeah. no fucking traffic in denver yeah. getting to and from work for the past two months has been the best thing that's ever happened and then this from week this thing when everybody well yeah i mean obviously the whole thing sucks but yes. if there's one <laughs> shining light it is traffic, traffic. in denver <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. but
1: um but on the flip side it's been like weird to still be going like i don't know that you know everyone else isn't you know, should we be trying to stay home more? But we can't with our programs. Right. You know, and then I don't go anywhere else. I like do not go to stores. Obviously, most are closed. But even during the pan, like when we were on stay at home orders, I didn't go to grocery store. I was mm-hmm. like, if I can't figure out what to eat at home, we'll all just starve. It'll be fine. <laughs> Like, who needs food? We'll be fine. We'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who needs food? (laughs) Because I'm afraid. I don't want to go to them. I feel bad for the people who have to keep working. I feel bad that they're not being taken care of. They're deemed essential, but they're some of our lowest paid employees in the country, you know, I, just yeah. companies companies aren't, oh, it just sucks. Everything sucks. And some sucks. people and then, harass
0: them and giving them a hard time. Yeah, and it's all like, of those
1: uh, assholes who are mad yeah. about shit, fuck yeah. them.
0: Yeah, fuck those guys. And so
1: it's hard. It's a definite, like, I keep trying to put it off and be like, no, I'm fine. My life's fine and normal and I can keep going. But mm-hmm. obviously it's not. There's psychological, like, stressors in walking around with masks on and looking at the death toll every couple of days and seeing, you know, we've lost 80,000 people in the country so far, yeah. and it's not slowing down, no matter what certain elements might be saying.
0: It's not. We've reached our, not our peak, but we've reached over our 1,000 threshold here. Not threshold, but the number.
1: Yeah, in Colorado. Colorado. Colorado's lost a 1,000.
0: And that's pretty damn scary within just months. It's crazy. But I mean, to answer your question, I think a lot of people are sort of, well, I think, no, I don't know what I'm thinking. What (laughs) I'm trying to say (laughs) is that they are, uh, the government or our government, it's Colorado, is trying to satisfy both sides, right? Even though they're allowing, what, 50% of people to go back into their office I don't really think people are doing that. I think people are really starting to take advantage of the online conferencing, like Zoom and free conference calls and Google See, chats and stuff like that.
1: Based solely on traffic, I disagree. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Like this week?
1: This week has been a fucking nightmare on the ho- on the road. Oh,
0: no. Because I think people
1: who literally didn't drive for two months decided to drive, to drive again. <laughs> every Every drive home, there has been like... Massive accidents on twenty five. Sh- shit, su- shut down. Flipped cars have- on the on the sixth interchange. I mean, what was taking me like twenty minutes during the peak of everyone staying at home
0: mm-hmm. ha- is
1: now back to taking me almost an hour to get home this week.
0: Oh my god!
1: And so I'm like, oh, people did go back.
0: Wow. You know,
1: offices open back up again.
0: Well, then yeah, then there you're proof of that because I mean. I'm one of the ones that are still staying in, at home. But, yeah. Wow, <laughs> I have heard of lots of lots of road closures and accidents and just, oh yeah, and it's people not paying attention to the road. They're probably on Zoom meetings. Probably. But, you know,
1: it's yeah, just it's to I mean, it was.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. You know, it's
1: been a drastic shift this week in traffic. Yeah. Wow. Everything before, yeah. It's just, just – it's back. I mean, it, obviously, it's not back at full tilt because mm-hmm. traffic before was really bad. But it's definitely – there are more cars back now. So people are doing things. They're going out. I think mm-hmm. they're going to work. I think some offices have reopened.
0: Yeah, I think so, I've, too.
1: And have asked people to come back to them. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's hard. I feel like once they realized people could do a lot of their work from home, they should just let them. That's what I think. Absolutely. But as long as this exists, I feel like they should let them. Yeah, they I wouldn't. Them that choice. I wouldn't want to permanently because, one, I haven't been doing it at all. And, two, I just like going to the office and meeting my coworkers, and it's social. And if you never left, if you worked from home and you never went to an office, wouldn't that be eventually, like –
0: Sad, <laughs> I guess it would be. I guess it depends on what kind of one, what kind of job you do, and what kind of person you are. But I am 100% in agree with you. While I think it would be scary to send the kids back to school in an environment where they're just stuck in a classroom with 20 other kids, 30 other kids. Oh, god, which no, don't do that! Which they're not going to do. No. They, there's no way that they're going to do it. There have been talks about sending a third of the kids on different days and in intervals. I want to go back to my office more than anything. But on top of that, I want my kids to get an actual education by somebody that's not a crazy person. I am a crazy person. I am not a teacher. And it's a disadvantage to them. And they're the only ones suffering from this because they have to learn from me. And it's not that I don't know the curriculum. Obviously, it's kindergarten stuff. One plus one is two. Like, that's the stuff that they're learning right now. (laughs) But
1: that's not, there's a lot more that goes on than just.
0: A lot more. The basics, more.
1: sure, mm-hmm. but there's socialization and how to learn. There's, yep. like Kindergarten is the fundamental block of how you are going to learn throughout the rest of school. Yep. And if somebody who hasn't been trained to teach you how to learn right. is teaching you, you're not going to get those fundamentals. You might understand that one plus one is two, but... They might not have picked up how to think like that and how to get there.
0: They're not understanding how to get there. That's the thing is they have all of these instructions and assignments and videos to show them, but they're not getting that interaction with their teachers. And I think that they should. And I know that it's hard. For one, you can't sit a kindergartner in front of a fucking computer all fucking day long. And that is what they're doing. You can't do it. It is nonsensical. These guys have a an attention span of like, unless they're like dicking around on like watching video games or something like that, something that's interesting to them. But if they're learning, if they're on curriculum, they're going to like, they don't give a shit. They don't care. They're especially when it comes to like reading and writing. You know, and I have to give them a break and everything, because then I have to do my job. You know what I mean? Yep. And I appreciate, I 100% appreciate everything that teachers do. I'm not discredited at all. But while teachers are teaching their students, they're not also doing another job. Yeah. So it's like... I don't know. I really hope that they give us a chance to speak up, like give parents a chance to speak up because I want to put my input. I love that they have curriculum online that they're sending to the homes because they want to keep kids engaged and up to par and still where they need to be to get to the next grade level. But it's not feasible as a parent working from home. Mm -hmm. It just, it doesn't work like that. But also touching back with what you said about all of the programs that you guys implement takes like a year to actually do. And you guys are getting lots of grants and stuff. I think that's incredible. That's really cool. Whereas in the early education or really the education sector, a lot of you the work that we did- are losing money. We're losing money. We're losing three, is it three or two? Two or $3 billion. And they're going to cut funding oh, from Colorado's where it matters.
1: budget is, they think Colorado's, we're going to have a $3.3 $3 billion budget. Yeah. Three
0: point three $3.3 oh. And guess where they're going to hit first? And so- the free kindergarten that we worked so hard last year to legislate, to rally, to lobby for, is going to be one of the first programs to get cut. Yep. And they're going to fucking throw free pre-K out of the window. Yep. It's just, it's really sad that these programs that are essential to not just the kids that are going to these classes, but also the working well, families that need to work, they now can't do it. And our childcare. Our child care fucking community is bonkers and they're they're just fucked right now. They're so yeah. screwed. And their funding's gonna get cut. And these people can't come back from it. No,
1: it's it's a fucking mess and yeah. we don't have leadership at the federal level providing the funds that they need to do to the cities yeah. and states that are gonna fucking tank. Yeah. It's a fucking disaster, and I have a lot to say about a lot of things.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's just <laughs> one aspect. That's one tiny sector in a lot of different, lots of small businesses, lots of, I'm a an investor in real estate, and that's affecting us, and it's so many different things. And so that stress level of it all is really getting to me. And I, Kalina, I love my kids. So you know that I do. <laughs> 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 you know that I do. Yeah. But you are the only break that I get from them. You yep. are. I fucking look forward to this night. As soon as we're done here, I'm like, okay, two weeks I get to see Colina again in my car. Yes. Like <laughs> that <Or, laughs> <laughs> cookie recording in my car. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Know. It's like the only break that I get. So... I struggle with it, and I talk to Dan about it, and I know that he understands it, and he feels for me, and he felt bad that he couldn't do anything for me for Mother's Day, and just different things, and I'm like... I'm fucking losing my mind and I thought I was okay with all of this and I really am not. No. I just you're need not. a break. Of course
1: you're not. You need a break.
0: I just need a break.
1: We'll talk after the recording. We'll come up with some other ideas. Yeah. We'll come up with something. But yeah, it's everyone needs a break. But the sad like the thing that's the hardest is we're not going to get one for a right. while. <laughs> for
0: like like years. One or two years. <laughs>
1: Three or four episodes ago, our first COVID recording, we were talking about how maybe when it came out, everything would be fine, right? By June, everything (laughs) would be okay. Maybe. And uh, that recording's about to come out, and things aren't fine. (laughs) they are not fine. It's not going to be fine for a while, and we have to kind of find little things like this recording for you. and come up with some other little things that make us sane that help us get through it, that, you know, keep our spirits up because it's hard. It's a very hard and trying time. It's unlike anything we in any of our generations have faced.
0: Ever. Um, Maybe
1: some of the very the oldest generations maybe but from gen x on none of us have faced anything like this no even the boomers they didn't face any shit like this
0: no they didn't have to do that so
1: it's really like the greatest generation and older that maybe faced some of this stuff but
0: yeah the greats have seen this for sure or at least a lot of them. But.
1: Something similar, like the yeah. depression and stuff. But this, yeah, is, exactly. this is new to everyone else, and it is traumatized. It is a mass trauma mm-hmm. across the globe, and we aren't handling it well as a species. Well, one, humans are real fucking bad at this shit. <laughs> the articles, are. the psychology <laughs> articles I've been reading where they're like, guys... We are not good at this. This is no. not what the human brain was developed no. for.
0: No. It's
1: really going to fuck up. We're going to fuck up now because we're tired. And as soon as the frontal part of the brain gets tired of the exerted effort to do something, it gives up. And so we're like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah not, like, staying home and stuff is hard so we're gonna just give up on it and we're not gonna do it anymore.
0: And, not and then only we're all gonna that, get sick and die. And not only that, but here, in our country, we oh, breed too much pride and not enough discipline. So people are getting mad about having to fucking wear masks to Oh, there's no self-discipline. There's, no, there's no discipline here.
1: There's no self control. We have no. zero fucking self-control. None. We are instant gratification. We're Whatever privileged. I want is okay. I can get anything I want at any time. Yep. if I want to do something no one can tell me i can't exactly and so we are all just this man babies wandering around oh my god it's so
0: true and I know, complaining
1: it- that people are infringing upon our rights and it's like no no no,
0: no you fucking idiot we're trying to <laughs> all stay safe and healthy <laughs> shut up
1: go home
0: <laughs> shut up and go home uh Okay, sorry I brought that up, but I had. Yeah, to say I mean, it. I
1: could talk for hours on that. So we could uh, yeah. move on. Otherwise, this is not going to be about.
0: Wait, what are any we kind doing? What is this? Wait, do you guys Wait, even know what? why you
1: tuned in? So it turns out this is a podcast where we read paranormal romance books and discuss them.
0: You guys and didn't know that.
1: Sometimes we go on rants about current events before we sure. get there. Yeah, but now it's time to move now on. Transition. It's time.
0: Transition to quickie time. Quick, quick. You ready for a quickie? Yes. Okay. Who is your favorite Prince Charming? Oh, shit. Ew. Should we name them off?
1: isn't. All? I, well, first, we should definitely do that because I bet you I can.
0: <laughs> well, I think there is an actual Prince Charming. I think he is.
1: Cinderella. Sleeping Beauties, right? Is,
0: is, yes, Sleeping Beauty. And then there's the Prince Charming in Snow White and Cinderella. Okay, I think they're all like actual Prince Charmings.
1: Well, yeah, because
0: I think they know, have names, but who men don't matter. Knows. They don't actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the stories are about women. What exactly? What? You know it
0: <laughs> exactly. And then there's Prince Eric, Aladdin.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Eric is from Ariel.
0: The Little Mermaid. Aladdin okay. is from Aladdin.
1: <laughs> yes, I got that one.
0: Uh, um, Simba's alliance. I hope you don't choose him. Mm. Um. Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I already know who I'm going to choose
0: and it's going to freak um, you out. <laughs> oh my god, okay. Who is it? Are there's uh, oh, um, Flynn Rider from Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Tangled. From Tangled. Prince Naveen from The Princess and the Frog.
1: There's a dude in Mulan. <laughs> yeah,
0: Shang. <laughs> a dude in Mulan. <laughs> yes, Shang is in the- Yes, Shang's that one. And I think there are others.
1: <laughs> Which one? It's, um...
0: There's Kristoff.
1: Or Hans. Christoph.
0: Christoph. Well, who he... once When he marries Anna, yeah. he will become king of... Arendelle. Arendelle. I was going to say Riverdale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And brave doesn't really have one.
0: Brave doesn't. Nope. Cause she chooses. She doesn't That's my favorite, take any of by the, the way. suitors. Yeah, I would I pick. Fucking love. I would it. pick
1: that one if I had one. Yeah. But okay. She's so like, I, I'm
0: going to marry myself.
1: So if I have to pick from uh, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> can I pick Robin Hood the fox?
0: Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh, the princess he is my favorite. thieves. I forgot about Robin Hood. I <laughs> love specifically
1: the animated fox was
0: yes oh don't no (laughs) one can fucking tell me that that fox is not hot i will not believe you he is a beautiful, fucking sexy ass fox. He
1: has created a real interesting, like map love map for a lot of us <laughs> yes. of a certain generation. And then mm-hmm. Zootopia came out, and we're like, "God damn, foxes are hot!" I
0: know they're foxy foxes. <laughs> These people can animate
1: foxes quite well.
0: If something is just slender and sleek, and just like, eh, yeah, incredibly, incredibly sexy, dude. That's a good one. There you go. That's what I I told you
1: I was gonna pick. Now
0: that. That doesn't weird me at at all. I'm on board. Okay, 100%. all right. So <laughs> that's, that's
1: my awesome. favorite. Because also, isn't he like kind of royalty of some sort? The original Robin Hood. He's like a, he's like a lord or something.
0: Probably that I don't lord know. Lord
1: Foxley or what lord. Robin of Foxley. Anyway,
0: yeah. No, I think you're right. But there's so he, many different versions like of. They stripped him
1: of. They stripped him of his title. His title or and. and- <laughs> <laughs> All of that, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to call him a prince and say he's my
0: pick. Okay. <laughs> Good. I, I, I like that. Mine is going to be Flynn Rider from Tangled. Who ah. is also, his real name is Eugene. But ah. he actually reminds me a lot of John Charming. Okay. He I've never is... seen
1: Tangled, so I don't
0: know. Oh, it's cute. It's cute. Yep. I like it. I don't love it. Love it like it's not my favorite Disney, but I like it a lot. And I'll watch it mm-hmm. if it comes on. So yeah, I would choose him because he reminds me a lot of John Charming that we are going to talk that about. That
1: takes us to to this week's book, yay! yay!
0: <laughs> Which is Daring by Elliot James, narrated by Roger Wayne. The second in the Charming series.
1: Yep, which is called Pax Arcana.
0: Yeah, Pax Arcana. Mm
1: -hmm. We read Charming eh, last year, sometime
0: a billion years ago. Whatever
1: you know, who knows? Time doesn't matter.
0: Seven hundred years ago. Time doesn't matter. If
1: you are interested in the first book, uh, go back and
0: listen to that episode. (laughs) Oh, it's so it's great. The well, the episode was fun, but the book is also the
1: book. Obviously, listen to all the books or read all the books, (laughs) whatever. However, you ingest books, do it. (laughs) But we're going to skip right into the second book for this one. So, Clitz Notes, we open with John Charming, who we met in the first book, who is a descendant of the Prince Charmings, although none of them were princes, he said. But he is a knight... Templar, right? Yes,
0: he is a knight of the Templars.
1: And in this world, they are different. They are protectors of the Pax Arcana, which keeps magical beings hidden from humans. So it's a way of protecting the magical world and protecting humans from the magical world. And so the Templars run around and kill beings that are in violation of the truth or are trying mm-hmm. to like out magical creatures to the human world, are in danger of causing it to be outed by their behavior. But twist, his mother was bitten by a werewolf towards the end of her pregnancy, thus making him a werewolf and a Templar and giving him a lot of identity issues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, in the first book, he kind of like, is just, he's hanging out moping by himself and he kind of gets drugged into the, back into the magical world by some outside forces. This book is really about him kind of exploring the side he suppressed his whole life, which is his werewolf side because he's so afraid of becoming an evil monster because that's what he grew up believing werewolves were that he never really tried to investigate what that side of him is like. And so this book's really about him figuring that out and kind of coming to peace with the fact that he is not one thing or the other, but he's both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot that happens. And basically... (laughs) I don't want to talk about all it's too much. No, there's a lot of
0: action in this book.
1: Through some negotiations, he ends up going in. There's a werewolf who's creating a pack or a clan and the knights don't like it. They don't want werewolves to organize and get together. They want everyone to be kind of like individual separate magical creatures, not in a group. And so he joins this werewolf group. Everyone knows that he's a knight. But they also yeah. think he's been turned out by the knights, but the knights also think that there's. So- anyway, there's a lot of back and
0: forth.
1: <laughs> yeah. He may or may not be a double agent, or he is only working for himself and pretending to work for everybody else. We can't tell. But he joins this group. It's a bunch of newly formed werewolves, and a guide is helping them learn about their werewolfness. And so he kind of spends a lot of time in the woods with them. He starts working for. <laughs> he starts working for Bernard, who's the head werewolf werewolf of this like new idea and he's trying to get all the knights out of Wisconsin area basically and bring uh-huh. the werewolves together then all of a sudden, there's like a bunch of women dying in one city in Wisconsin, and it turns out there's this bad witch people, and he's trying to help them get rid of the witch people, and then the knights come, and the witches, and this and that, and blah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, there's a huge fucking twist at the end, which eventually we're going to talk about, so I'm just going to give you guys the heads up now. Spoiler alert if you haven't read the book, you're going to find out the secret, and it is that Bernard, the head werewolf guy, is actually super fucking evil. <laughs> Yeah. And his whole plot, the whole time, which he's trying to hide but come up with, is he basically wants to turn the whole world into werewolves. <laughs> except that, that plot that...
0: again. Goddamn plot
1: the big hang up is that a quarter of humans die instead of successfully change well, a quarter of people who get bit or no not a quarter the, three the quarters kid, three, three of four trans- die yeah yeah, three of four die only a quarter of people bit by werewolves successfully become werewolves three or yeah, four
0: survive die. their first transformation because they, trans- they sometimes they can transform as kids so they don't uh, if they get bit as kids yeah. and then there's He's this whole like, like other thing well I was gonna say charming is like an anomaly with oh, being, absolutely. being bit because
1: usually if a pregnant woman is bit the fetus dies during Mm -hmm. her first full moon yeah because she shifts and it kills the baby but his mom was so close to term that she gave birth before the first full moon so he survived and then she died during her first change and the knights didn't know if he would be infected with the werewolf genes or not right and so they kind of trained him but they also hated him so his whole childhood is fucked up
0: yeah it's (laughs) Yeah.
1: And now his whole adulthood is fucked up, and he has a lot of work to do on himself. But anyway, so. Throughout the book, he's kind of working with the werewolves, but then it turns out the head werewolf has this really fucking stupid idea of turning the entire world into werewolves, (laughs) even though that would kill off three quarters of the fucking planet. And then also, there's a big issue because werewolves can't reproduce. Yeah. So he was also trying to solve that, but I was like, you better solve that before you turn the whole world into werewolves, otherwise everyone's going to
0: die eventually. (laughs) Yeah. He went about it the way wrong way. Anyway. He was...
1: He was bad. So anyway, he's he's a bad guy. And that's the real, like, there's a lot of nitty gritty details, which we can't possibly go into. So instead, we will just skim across, you know.
0: The book. Yeah. And this is not like the first, Obviously, the storyline is different than the very first book. Oh, but, completely um, different. Very different. But it's still along the same lines as like, there's no sex and there's, still, there's the sexual tension, but the writing is so good and the narrator is fucking incredible. And in this story, we actually go back a little bit and learn about John's upbringing and the trials and stuff that he went through as a young man. Did and you
1: find that section hard to follow yes i found oh my god it was so fucking hard i think that that... would have
0: oh no no go ahead
1: i think that would have played really well in a book i was reading
0: because i'm sure
1: that like each time shift would have been indicated Mm
0: -hmm. but because
1: this was an audio it was just like pause new section pause new section and i was like what the fuck is happening (laughs) yes
0: that and I had like 40 other factors that were distracting me in this. And one of them was the audible thing again, where this time, if it asked me, like I said on the last recording, if it asked me to go to your space, I would say, no, I don't want to go. It would still skip me there. Or I would just pause it and then I'd go hit play and it wouldn't ask me, but then it would take me to your place anyway. So when I wasn't paying attention, all of a sudden I was listening to the end of the book. <laughs> oh, no, And I was like, what the hell is, and I looked in it, it was like hour 11. And I was like, no, what? No, this is not, I was on hour three. So it was very difficult that and I have like, you know, kids at home and all of these distractions and all of these things. So I had a harder time following this plot line because it was thick. There was a lot going on here, and that part of it, when you're learning about his upbringing when he was younger and stuff like that, was a lot. Even the battle scenes and... Oh, um, I couldn't follow
1: those for anything. The different I have no idea what happened. The
0: paws and the different claws and the clans no. and the whatever else that they, what was happening. It got a little convoluted. I still like it, but...
1: I like it, too, but I definitely think it is a much less clean story. Like I yeah. feel like he was doing a lot of like, I don't know if I, like I don't want to sound bad, but
0: <laughs>
1: the f- the first book was a very simple plot. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it was very similar to almost any other urban fantasy story. Like clean bad guy find bad guy kill bad guy
0: <laughs> plot. Yeah,
1: this really wasn't like it wasn't until the last. Hour that we learned what Bernard's evil plan was. Mm-hmm. Like it really. For most of the book, it didn't feel like there was a one big antagonist.
0: Right, you because tell. we oh. knew
1: that the knights and the werewolves don't agree, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of trying to figure out who's really good and who like they both seem uh, to be jerking John a lo- yes. around mm-hmm. and like manipulating him and he knows it and he's trying to kind of figure out for himself but there isn't like this aside from the Baba Yagas that are killing the women in Milwaukee let's say is isn't Milwaukee but I don't remember the name of the Wisconsin town
0: <laughs> that they were <laughs> yeah, in so I don't I'm, gonna,
1: I'm just gonna yeah. say it was Milwaukee
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not so they were bad but they weren't like they didn't have a big plan otherwise other than they were just being
0: evil witches. Yeah. It almost seemed like it could have been written without some of those groups oh. or those scenes.
1: A lot of shit feels like it could have, like we yeah. needed to streamline some shit because I was like, yeah. what is happening now? Yeah, I know it all comes back at the end, but like I was cool with the learning scenes where he was like hanging out with, his, they called him his paw.
0: His paw, yeah. And
1: mm-hmm. it was a bunch of people with weird names. Jelly and Cory and Minty. Right.
0: (laughs) Matey. Matey.
1: Which what are those names? But anyway. (laughs) <laughs> and then all of a sudden they got burnt up in a fire mm-hmm. and then he's doing this thing over here for a while he was working in a one city yeah and he made some friends there
0: and we then they sent to him go. to a
1: new city and he had to go stop the witch and he made uh-huh. friends there and I was just like it was a lot of meeting a lot of new people
0: a lot of different groups yeah. and I
1: don't know why he had to go to the secondary place he went across the sea
0: what didn't he go didn't he go to a different country? No. Oh, I thought he had. No, sorry, I must have made that up. He's in Wisconsin the whole time. <laughs> I thought he went to a different country. Maybe it's because the girl was from a different country, and I thought maybe he met her there. But anyway, never mind. The
1: Finnish lady, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, She's yeah. From Finland. Okay. <laughs> Never mind.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I think it could have gone without. And I think it would have been a lot smoother storyline had he not put in that extra stuff. And if he did, like if he wanted to put in the extra action and things like that, I think he could have kept creating new groups of people out of it and just made it the one antagonist group or the one bad guy, you know?
1: Well, in so, the end, we get there. Sure. It was the very Bernard end. the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the very end.
1: And he, like, saves the last witch, and he uses her, and he has that weird phoenix, the weird magic werewolf. Yeah, yeah. And they're all bad, and there's just a lot of... Like, it just could... Yeah, I kind of feel like it's a transition book. Yeah. Like, he wanted to give us so much growth and development for John, and that we get that, but that everything else becomes very muddy. And so now, at the end... Like, this book just got us to a point where I think now the stories can kind of make sense again. Sure. Yeah. Because the knights and the werewolves that survive and who aren't evil have made kind of a truce. Mm -hmm. There's a general understanding that the Pax is breaking down, which means change is coming. Yep. And so all the next books can be just, like, different areas of change Mm -hmm. and how different supernatural beings are taking advantage of these changes and how eventually humans are going to have to be, like, made aware of what's happening.
0: Yeah. The Pax Arcana is going to have to be broken, pretty much.
1: Yes. So we can start talking about little parts that we did like and what we thought about certain things.
0: Well, Sig was barely in this book. She was in the beginning. She was the one who sent him over to this werewolf. uh, They don't like to be called Pax. It's a clan. It's a clan. I personally was thinking flock in my head. (laughs) <laughs> it's a werewolf flock it's a flock of werewolves and then she doesn't she's not there at all because he's going through these trainings and like self-aware well, stuff and
1: she wrote him a letter and said that we can't be together because mm-hmm. you are too tumultuous <laughs> and you're always in trouble and i can't be around that
0: i can't always save you and yeah, then and like that
1: she comes back in the end in a very in tumultuous end. time period, and says, "You know what? I really like tumult."
0: <laughs> yep. Put my hair in a ponytail, and I'm going to come and tumult you. Yeah, yep. yeah. She comes back in the end, and there's a matey who is part of John's clan. It's like totally into him, and she like undresses herself at one point in the book, and then he runs away from her because he's like got this obligation or this love or something that he feels that that he has with Sig he runs away from opportunities to, like, get physical or to start another relationship with someone else because he's so devoted to Sig. Ah,
1: I have and... a different
0: interpretation of that. Oh, you do?
1: Yeah. I don't mm. think it was about Sig. So I think he likes to think it is. Okay. But I think it was more he was running away from his werewolf instincts that were pushing him to do a certain... Like, they were t- oh. he was starting to learn his werewolf side. Right. And he smacked down Corey when Corey was being snotty and mouthy. Mouthing off about how he should sleep with Mady. hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the amazing instincts were coming up. And he was pursuing her, or she was, you know, pursuing him. Yeah. And he is like, I don't like these instincts, and I don't trust them, so I'm going to run away. Right. I think he wants it to be about Sig. He wants this to be bigger, but I don't think that's it. I don't honestly think he and Sig are all that great together.
0: (laughs) No, I don't think so either. (laughs)
1: They're terrible, and they're, like, very dysfunctional. Yes. And (laughs) he his initial feelings for her were because she allowed his dead girlfriend's ghost to
0: mm-hmm. inhabit
1: her so she could say goodbye. Yeah. And then he got like all I love you and it's like you don't love Sig? No. You got to say goodbye to someone you did honestly love that you and did now love. you've transferred your love to Sig. And I don't mm-hmm. think Sig is healthy. She was in a fucking messed up fucking relationship. Oh, she was in
0: the worst relationship yeah. in the last
1: book. And mm-hmm. then she and John had this instant relationship that like he- how and heavy real fast yeah and then she sent him away and now she's back and and i'm just like oh the two of you are a fucking mess <laughs> but i still say i mean i think he wants to think especially because his name is charming i think he wants to think of himself a certain way and he wants to behave a certain way and so i think that uh, there's a lot that went into that scene with why he ran away from matey but i think a big part of it was he's really running away from his werewolf instinct
0: that makes sense I could see that. Mm-hmm. So then he was just using his relationship status, which is not really a relationship at all, with Sig as an excuse to Yeah. Because he was talking about it and that's it was he was more I think well, I don't know if he was really that expressive about it.
1: He did with her later.
0: Yeah, maybe later.
1: When they uh yeah. After they did some stuff and they, you know, hunted that thing. Oh, God, I f- completely forgot they had to hunt that thing. Shit, they did a lot of things in this book. They had to hunt that thing.
0: <laughs> I, don't I don't even know what, the thing is what it called. was. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> either. There was a lot of different things in this book. Creature things. Yeah. But
1: at one point, we were
0: introduced to. Mady and
1: John talked. And he said, I'm just not there. You know, I've got these things. I've got to go talk to... I want, There's somebody... Who I want to talk to before I move on. Because he didn't get to say goodbye to Sig. She did kind of yes. just write him a letter and tell him it was over. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, so he's uh, like, yeah.
1: this feels... And in all honesty, like this whole scene, what we're talking about is really like the first just couple of hours of the book. And it's supposed to be kind of like a cleansing emotion learning experience. Yeah. So this is when he's hanging out with the new werewolves. And he's not new because he's been one for a long, long time. He's very old. Mm -hmm. But all the other ones are recently turned. And they're not training to fight or anything. Their head guy is just trying to teach them like how to center and meditate and Mm -hmm. like express their emotions. And it's a bunch of people who are real bad at it. (laughs) And it's yes. a really funny part.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just a whole bunch of people who don't want to enter into their expression. They suppress their emotions like hardcore. John is a huge culprit of that.
1: Oh, hell yeah. He spent the last like couple of decades like moping around, almost dying, because he lost that one girlfriend.
0: hmm And leaving city to city to city so that he could just escape it a little bit more each time. Yeah.
1: Like, Corey is a super adrenaline junkie, athletic, rock climber-type character. Mm -hmm. And he and a bunch of his dudes got bit by a werewolf when they were out running. So he... Anytime he has to have an emotion, he would rather, like, go climb a mountain.
0: Run or climb (laughs) a mountain.
1: So he keeps ignoring them Mm -hmm. and trying to do these things. They're making him just sit here and talk about emotions. And he's like, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. And then Jelly is like a stress eater who then yeah. somehow got bit by a werewolf. And now he's stuck in the woods where there's like really not much food. They're just like catching fish and eating rabbits and shit. And he's like, mm-hmm. so he can't stress eat. And instead <laughs> has to like express his emotions about everything. And well, Maydee has a backstory that we don't learn about. Yeah. But anyway, she's pretending
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: to be like emotional and, you know, have had a relationship she left. Mm-hmm. And then John's mm-hmm. being all like, I don't want to be a
0: werewolf. My whole life is hard. So imagine being in a situation like that. Obviously, you're not a werewolf. You're just a normal human person. And you're sitting around the campfire. And this is supposed to be a cleansing moment where you are expressing yourself and opening up and not suppressing anything that you feel. And you're supposed to just let it out so that you can, one, find like a healthy way of just you know, yeah, expressing yourself. And like, I understand. I think I think that's hard for more people than it is not.
1: For oh, uh, absolutely. Everyone so, should have to do the thing. I wouldn't want to do it. But everyone should. have to.
0: <laughs> I was just gonna ask, you. I think between you and I, I'm definitely the more expressive one. I'm I wear my fucking I'll tell anybody anything. I don't I usually don't care. Unless, you know, unless I'm going through like a like a true stage of grief or something like that, then I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, is that, this is not something that you would probably want to go through. You, Kalina. would No,
1: go I wouldn't want to do it in a group, but okay. I do think there's extreme value in doing emotional work like that. They were doing in the, mm-hmm. in the woods. And it's hard for a lot of people. It's not an easy feat,
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: A lot of society structures and like the messages that we get sold tell us certain things about emotions like, you know, men don't have these emotions. This mm-hmm. is a woman's emotion. Or this, mm-hmm. Like women are so, this or that or this is the proper way to behave or this, you
0: know. It dictates and, how we feel. And well, it dictates feel. how we think we should feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. How we think we should feel. Because
1: yeah. then we feel bad having different feelings. <laughs> And Mm -hmm. we don't know how to handle those. And so I definitely, I don't want to sit in a group of strangers and have this conversation. (laughs) But I really enjoyed how open this book was about those kind of topics. Yeah. And especially, like, it's mostly men. There's very few women in the book. And so for them to be doing that kind of emotional work. Yeah. They're not like a lot of the men we read about in these books. And I do say yeah. that we really shouldn't be classifying this one as a paranormal romance.
0: It's not. It's, definitely, it's urban fantasy. It's
1: urban fantasy. Yeah. There's, there's not yeah. a lot of romance in it. Nope.
0: It's not. And
1: But we still love it. We love it it's anyway. It's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um, it definitely the usual like, especially werewolves that we've read in the past are so like
0: oh, we hated them all.
1: Uber alpha dominant jerk yeah. offs, and to mm-hmm. have a bunch of werewolves sitting around a fire talking to, about their emotions, talking about how they feel, it's <laughs> <was> like <laughs> I can love
0: these werewolves. Uh, they're the of course, greatest.
1: They turn out to be in a clan of evil people, but you know sure. whatever. It happens. It happens to the best of
0: us. Well, we're just trying to send out our PSA for the episode, which is express yourself. (laughs) Don't suppress it. Or, you know, even if you don't want to sit around a campfire and talk to seven other people, maybe you could find one other person or write a letter to yourself or something. I don't know. There's different ways and different ways and different people that you can talk to.
1: And I think that acknowledging emotions is, like, the first step, and it's hard, and it's important, because a lot of what they were trying to get at was fears, the different Mm -hmm. fears that the different individuals are facing. And, like, John's is, he doesn't want to become a monster, and his sensei guy was like, you are what you are. You're not going to Mm -hmm. become anything. So, yeah, he has to... And I thought that was incredibly, like, important. And yeah. Super, like, because obviously none of us are really turning into werewolves, but a lot of fears <laughs> are about, like, becoming something you don't want to be, but you just are what you are. None that was a dumb thing to say. But
0: <laughs> what I'm just saying, like, it's
1: not, like, if you, if that's your fear, like, you won't, it won't happen then. Right. I don't know if I'm saying it. It sounded a lot better in the book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just yeah, it did sound like the... What was his name? Ching? I have no idea. That's why I keep calling him sensei. The sensei. He had a diff- He was very expressive in that, and he was explaining this whole thing a lot better than we're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's almost kind of like you have that fear. You're the one that's really putting it into fruition, and you're, you are who you are, but because you are who you are, you could control who you are? I don't know. Well, it's... But that, but also, <laughs> fear... I guess
1: I don't know how I'm going to say this, but he can't become a monster because he isn't a monster, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's so afraid of becoming something he doesn't want to be. But it's like, but you are what you want to be. You are what you want to be. Right. So right. this isn't external. Mm-hmm. This thing is like all of this is ex- internal. I know we're talking about werewolves and stuff, but it's like if that's not who you want to be, you won't become it. Right. So the fear of becoming something you don't want to be is kind of it, – it, you aren't going to. You have to understand that. <laughs> it sounded so – it was a very profound moment in the book, and it sounded really good, and I bookmarked it, and I cannot do it justice. Because also then, like, 17 more hours passed of other crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, God, I remember I liked this one thing, and now I can't express how much I liked it. But I really did like it, because I thought it was very smart. Because – you know he's grown up being told that werewolves are evil and that he is a werewolf, so he, therefore mm-hmm. he will be evil. And he's so afraid of becoming an evil thing, but he's not because you don't become an evil thing.
0: You either you either are or you aren't. Like
1: like it, it, evil people aren't afraid of becoming evil. You right. know. So yes. So the fact that you're afraid of it, the fact that he was so scared of becoming,
0: you're consciously some, aware of so it. So even
1: even yeah. as a werewolf, he's going to be. <laughs> a good werewolf good werewolf he's
0: not gonna be a bad one because he's afraid that he's going to be a bad one makes him a good one <laughs> yes he's conscious of knowing that he has that fear yeah you know that's it yeah if you know that something is bad then you know that that's bad yeah. if you're doing something and you don't know that it's bad then you have no idea
1: yeah like Bernard was probably never afraid of being evil because right. he just didn't see himself as evil but turns out right. he's fucking evil
0: he is the evilist. <laughs> But he sees bullied. that
1: as being okay.
0: Right. As, like, acceptable. it's totally
1: acceptable to kill off three-fourths of the world.
0: And that's why he's done what he's done. And exactly. if you think
1: like that, then no one can change that. That's the right. way you think. You're fucked.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we aren't going to see eye to eye. We Somebody, got there. Yeah, so see nice. we got there. We did. We it figured took it out.
0: 11 minutes, but we got there. <laughs> well, <good.
1: laughs> I'm glad. Should we do our kiss and tell? I think so, because this kind of this is where it happens in the book, and I don't know. Yeah. like the rest. The ending gets so crazy.
0: It does. I really There's just a lot. want
1: to talk about this part of the book.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there is a scene where they're in the forest or the woods or the wild or whatever, with his claw. No. Paw. Yes, claw.
1: Paw. His paw. They're not
0: claws yet. They're. Paw they can't yet. fight yet. Right. With his paw, which is jelly, Corey, and Métis. And she leads him away from the other guys because him and Corey just got into some spat and something physical. And so she takes him to a clearing and starts to take her clothes off. And she wants, she's trying to seduce him. And like, you know, she totally wants to fuck. And then he is like, she's got a really nice ass. She's real attractive and she's real pretty and nice. And he really likes her. And then he runs away. (laughs) He, he straights bolts
1: in the opposite <laughs> he, like, direction as she's naked in front of him. Like, let's yes. do
0: it. And he's let's like, let's do this. But yep.
1: <laughs> he just he ran just
0: at top speed away. Turn and ran, which is pretty hilarious. So the kiss and tell for this episode is, have you ever rejected sex or been rejected before sex? Or like during a makeout session or just anything? Have you ever been stopped during an intimate moment? Or have you ever stopped an intimate moment? Or before Mm-hmm. Something happened. Sure. Like this instance. Yes. Well, I have never
1: straight up bolted or had <laughs> anyone physically <laughs> run just from run me. away from me. <laughs> that would be traumatic. <laughs> but terrifying. I've had, especially like early on, you know, some of my earlier relationships where I kind of assumed sex was going to
0: happen and then mm-hmm. it
1: doesn't.
0: Okay. It didn't.
1: And it took a while for me to understand that that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that society tells us that men don't reject sex. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to have sex all the time. So if you offer sex, they will have sex with you. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. as a girl, if it happens, you're like, oh, my God, he hates me.
0: Yeah, he hates you. I'm or- awful.
1: I'm ugly. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Or if it, if it's you want to stop it during, you can't. Which is a yeah. lie. Yeah, you that's a lie too.
1: You can. And so I thought that a lot. This is many, many years ago when I was a child. Well, not a child because I was having sex. <laughs> But, you know, what I mean in terms of, like, maturity, I was an immature little thing. (laughs) Because I bought that. I mean, we're all socialized to think things like that. I mean, every movie is, like, just men want to have sex all the time, and, you know, women have to say no. Mm -hmm. And so, when it first happened, I was, like, obviously, tailspin of insecurity and, like, awfulness, because I am the problem, and he hates me, and why are we still dating if he won't have sex with me? And eventually, I grew up... (laughs) And realized that just like I don't always want to have sex, mm-hmm. men also sometimes don't want to have sex, and it's okay. <laughs> it's,
0: it's quite all right. It's fine, and it mm-hmm. does not
1: mean that they hate you.
0: No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I've had a situation like that before, and it was actually during sex. And he was the one that was like, can we stop? I don't think I could do this anymore. You are like a sister to me. And I said, "Well, yeah, of course we could stop." <laughs> no, I'm going to make you continue doing it. So yeah, it stopped in the middle of it, and he was like, he was very apologetic, and we talked a little bit, and it was awkward the next morning. I mean, it was just like two minutes of sex, if that. So that was a uh, that was a rejection on my part. No, on his part against me. Wait, right? Mm-hmm. Is that? Am I saying that right? Yeah. And so that was a situation where, and then I, I wasn't hurt by it. I think I understood completely what he meant by it. I didn't necessarily agree because I was into him. Obviously I let him penetrate me, but I wasn't hurt by it. And we're still friends now. We're not close, close friends. And we still talk occasionally. So, yeah. You know, so was it was that. And that's just, I mean, to your point, it's like men can say no, too.
1: <laughs> Everyone can say no.
0: Everyone can say no. Anyone yeah. can say mine, no.
1: Mine was a little, because like, it wasn't, I haven't had that happen like a first time situation. Mine was more an ongoing relationship. And I got into the assumption. You know, that if we were together, we would have sex. And when we didn't, I obviously assumed that I was awful and he hated me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's a much healthier place now where I realize that you don't always have to have sex. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it has
1: no impact on relationships.
0: Absolutely. And then once you become secure and you've been in a relationship for a couple of years, and you just, you don't even have sex anymore, which is fine. You have it's a toy. totally okay. It's okay. You can go That's take a shower. My off. vibrators exist. Right. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just easier anyway. <laughs> it's so much easier. It's a great clean up. It's satisfying. It's fast. It doesn't Super back. quick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that actually takes me to our fun fuck fact for the episode, Mm -hmm. which is an article I found on TheHealthy.com website, and it's called Six Reasons Men Say No to Sex, and it's by Jennifer Goldberg. The article was from August 28th of 2019, and I'm just going to read the six reasons, and now... By no means is this a comprehensive list. There's lots of reasons, you know. But I think these (laughs) ones were like the six top reasons that people surveyed. So one of them is he's suffering from depression. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clinical depression is one of the biggest sex drive killers for men. He has trouble with his plumbing. Uh, His testosterone levels are low, which would reduce his sex drive. He is stressed out about his career. He is exhausted. You are moving too fast which is what I think happened in the book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because Mady was like, let's do this. And he was like, no. So yeah, that's the article. It got obviously more to it than just what I read. But it's pretty interesting because, again, it's learning to identify the ways society has taught us unhealthy behaviors. (laughs) Yeah. And unhealthy ideas and acknowledging that that's not reality. And there's Mm -hmm. a real world in which... Both genders and, and non conforming genders all have agency and yes. can choose when and where to have sex with consenting people. And they have uh, sexuality is complex, so you're not yeah. going to be a hundred percent up for everything all the time.
0: Absolutely,
1: and you have to learn to not take that personally.
0: Yeah, so. So that was good. Yeah, well said. Awesome.
1: Did should we say what the reveal on Matey is? Because now that we've talked it all about.
0: Oh yeah, I guess we should. Let's end with that, and then we'll we'll close out. Yeah, yeah.
1: So just to kind of round out the story, turns out Matey was Bernard's mate the whole time, whose real name is Kat. (laughs) And he had sent her in there to bond with John and even uh-huh. offer herself up as a sexual object because yep. he wanted John to feel obliged and, like, part of the clan. Uh-huh. So Bernard is an extra big douchebag.
0: Yes. Who
1: <laughs> sends his own wife yep. and partner.
0: As a decoy or a yeah. distraction. Oh, and or... he
1: also was going to kill her.
0: <laughs> yeah. He and marry the and
1: male marry the evil witch lady. The,
0: yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it other, got weird. I couldn't understand that the relationship at the end. Like, did she? She almost kind of seemed like she didn't have any emotions throughout the whole story. Even at the end, when she finally revealed herself as cat, or when he found out that she was cat, is she a bad person still, or is she a good person?
1: I think she will end up being a good person, I would liken it to being like an abused spouse. Okay. Where she probably, by the time she realized who she had, because again, Bernard pursued her because of her position with the other werewolves, because she had gone and learned from, Mm -hmm. there's there's a group of werewolves that are Native American, and they have a lot of history and lore with their... Being their wolf. Th- with their wolves and also their native religions.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: she had gone to learn from them because there's a lot that white people don't know about. <laughs> Uh, that's dumb, but yeah, that's true, but anyway, so <laughs> so they respected her, and she is of native descent, and so you know she had gone to learn all of this, and so she had pretty high standing with the other wolves. and Bernard pursued her so that he'd get them all to follow him.
0: he's just using her, yeah,
1: and then once they married, she kind of found out what kind of person he was. And by then it was too late and he kind of, like, because of those wolf instincts, there's a lot of, like, pack loyalty that was happening. So she was doing things because that's the way the pack wanted it to be done. And Mm -hmm. so I think that, and that's what John's afraid of. He doesn't want to lose himself to his wolf instincts and the pack. But in the end, she eventually started questioning Bernard and what he was doing. And that's when he decided to lock her up and kill her and all of that. But so I think she's probably going to be okay and going to be good, a good force for the werewolves in the long
0: run. Yeah, it's going
1: to take time. And also, she lost Gabriel. Gabriel died. Her brother. That's her
0: brother. Yeah. Trying to okay. save
1: her, and I think mm-hmm. that's going to affect her emotionally.
0: Event, you know, too. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I could see that. Yeah. So. I wasn't sure what to think of her at the end. I couldn't. I didn't have any opinions of her throughout the whole thing because it was. You know.
1: You're, no, and you're right. Her affect seemed really flat. I don't know that it, it might be still too early to say this, but I don't know that Elliot James is necessarily good at writing women. <laughs> Because no. we don't like
0: Sig. I don't hate Sig. I don't hate one Sig, of but my I just favorite. don't... I don't get anything she, from her. She doesn't have any character, really. Exactly. And, I, and there was
1: nothing to Mady. I think yeah, the one that was the, the most interesting was... I forgot her name, but the... The priest? No, the werewolf who was... No, she was... From the first book, she was fucking fascinating.
0: She's I want more of her. The best. Yeah.
1: But from this book, the werewolf that was like... Barbara the Ann? organizer. What? Barbara Ann? No, no, not the bad one, but the not one who was, like, organizing the oh, whole clan. Was it Stacy? Something like that, but it's Something not. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And she was, like, she was one of the more interesting characters, cause, she, or women she had, that was in the book.
0: Yeah, because she had some sass and some agency, and she really had strong beliefs about whatever it was that she believed in. I don't remember. <laughs> but she did. She She held her own. And she wasn't just kind of like a bland character. Yeah, yeah, I I get you. She was
1: pretty interesting, and she and I, I appreciated like she was really good at office management <laughs> I was like yeah that's right but our was, kind of girl I can run this shit just give me an Excel spreadsheet give me some spreadsheets and I will color code the fuck out of it hell
0: yeah It's <laughs> oh, awesome so
1: but yeah I mean I don't want it's, I don't think it's a blanket state but so far I haven't been very impressed with his leading women right I just yes. need more from them like I Sig shows back up and she's interesting but I'm like give me more I don't. I don't get you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: No, Allison had more character than that, and she was a ghost who didn't have any words like, exactly. in, in the first book. And exactly, she didn't even really exist, but she had more than Sig did. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's it,
1: the whole Valkyrie thing or what, but yeah. Oh, oh yeah. But so, all right. What do you rate the
0: book? Um. So I still really enjoy. I think my favorite part of this book is Roger Wayne. I think he's a really, really fantastic narrator. Yes. Um, He acts very well and his voices are good. He doesn't airy his women and he can differentiate his voices and his fucking John Charming is fucking charming. Oh, so charming. <laughs> I just love it. I love his little quips, and I love how he reads the characters and, and everything. But I'm with you on that the story was just kind of like, wow, I don't understand what's going on. There was a lot. There was a lot of parts that didn't have to really be said. And there was no sex, so we can't rate that. No. Nope. So I'm going to have to give this one a seven. I liked it, but I think it could have been less because then there could have been more.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I um. <laughs> The sexual scenes between John and Métis, even though they didn't happen, Mm -hmm. were funny and really interesting.
0: Yeah, they were.
1: And then even like later, the way he interacts with all of the women in the book, and then eventually they meet Sig, and they're like, well, this explains
0: it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The six-foot-tall, hot blonde. Yeah.
1: So book was a little bit of a mess. <laughs> it was interesting. And I think it could have been really interesting pieces inside of other books or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I really do love the story. The author's funny.
0: Yes. We he can't is.
1: express to you some of the chapter titles mm-hmm. and the little like innuendos here and there. I mean, it's just it's a very well dry humory book that's fun. Yes. Yes. So I I think it's a solid seven because it's it's toe curling but it's not it doesn't quite tip you over the edge yet
0: yeah and I think that's why Roger Wayne makes it that much better is because of how he reads the chapter titles and the narration is just it's on point to Elliot's writing yes it's yeah a perfect match yes yeah so yeah that's that cool so for our next book um we are going to be entering the second volume. We're doing that a lot lately. Uh, <laughs> revisiting books that we've already reviewed, but we're excited about this one. We're going to get back into Esther Rabbit's second installment of Lost in Amber, where you're going to, wait, what? No, we're going to read Found in Amber. The yes. first one was Lost. Lost in Amber, and she's agreed to meet with us again, so we're excited to get her back on the show and review her book with her, and hopefully the sound's going to be okay on that. It's going to be another trial that we're going to have to figure out. We just... Figured this one out and now um, (laughs) we decided to throw in another wrench (laughs) to our. <laughs> yeah, our disabilities. So, uh, but we'll get it out there and apologize in advance if it does sound terrible, but we are excited to talk to Esther. So join us again for that.
1: Yeah, so that'll be next. And in the meantime, please feel free to reach out and let us know what you think. If you have any book suggestions, if you disagree with us, if you agree with us, let us know. You can reach us on all social media at shh, we're reading dirty. Nope, sorry.
0: <laughs> the fuck is our book? <laughs> social media handle
1: is shh Dirty books. that's twitter facebook instagram or just shdirtybooks at com if you want to email us and in all those places it's sh with three h's
0: and you can visit our website at shdirtybooks.com and anywhere you would find podcasts and uh, shout out to Jim Townsend thank you so much for the music and uh, yeah this is Sayla and this is Kalina and we'll see you later yeah, you've been listening to reading Dirty Books with Galena and Salette. Be sure to tune in to the next episode with some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening
1: on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.